but now it, we're adding that extra layer that we're really, really making sure that that environment is gonna be safe and COVID free. Hello, I'm Rachel Deere, host of today's program, COVID-19, Keeping Up with a Moving Target. This is the August 28th update of DKB Med Radio's Coronavirus Educational Series. Thank you for joining us. For an optimal viewing experience, we recommend expanding your browser window while viewing this presentation. You can adjust the slides window to suit your preferences. Polling questions will appear shortly in the slides window and will also appear at the end of the presentation. Please click the box that corresponds to your answer choice and click the submit button. This activity is jointly provided by the Postgraduate Institute for Medicine, DKB Med, and the Institute for Johns Hopkins Nursing. Today's program is accredited for ANCC and AAPA credit, as well as AMA PRA Category 1 credits. For complete CE information and to attest for credit, please visit covid19.dkbmed.com. There you will also find all of our previous COVID-19 programs and have access to other free CE programs on a wide range of topics. The slides for today's webinar can be found in the resource list window and as a green icon in the bottom menu. Today's learning objectives are, describe the safety measured put in place by the hospital to ensure a safe delivery, discuss how to prepare your patient for their delivery, and understand recommendations for patients to prepare home for safe discharge. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Pfizer Incorporated and in-kind by DKB Med. All activity content and materials have been developed solely by the activity directors, planning committee members, and faculty presenters. With us today, we have Anna Rose Martin, lead clinical nurse from Johns Hopkins Hospital Lifeline. She'll be discussing preparing for birth in COVID times. Anna, thanks so much for joining us. And with us today, we have Anna Rose Martin. Anna, thank you so much for being here. I thank you for having me here today. Of course, in this ever-changing world and very rapid-paced additions to our policies and modifications that we need to make, any of the information that I give today is subject to change. So I do recommend for any provider or for any patient that when it comes closer to your delivery that you do check with the hospital in which you are delivering at to see if there are any updates at all. So when it comes to delivery, we don't exactly know how you will deliver, but some people do have the luxury of knowing that they will be a scheduled case. So when you arrive at the hospital for a scheduled case, you will be asked to either have a COVID test done probably the day before or within three days before a scheduled C-section or induction, or you will be tested upon admission. When you are tested upon admission, and that would also be for any unscheduled cases, therefore going into labor spontaneously, breaking your water, or needing to have a cesarean that was not scheduled. We will be using at Hopkins the Acula testing point of care testing. It's a little bit different than what you would see in the outpatient setting. It's not that horrible back of the throat swab that you have heard of. It's actually a swab that goes in each nostril for 10 seconds, and it takes only 30 minutes to come back. So as it says under the unscheduled cases, if you are to be tested upon admission, 
the staff will wear the full PPE, therefore the, the gown, the mask, the gloves, the face shield until your test comes back negative. We do assume that everybody is a PUI or a person under investigation until that test comes back negative. That being said, we will not withhold any care until the testing comes back. If it is something that is um, an addition to your labor, such as a epidural, that will wait until after the test is back negative. But if there is any immediate or emergent care that needs to be performed, we will not withhold any of that care. We will just treat that patient as though they are positive. So this is the biggest question that we get. Who is going to be allowed with the patient when they deliver? As it stands right now, among the majority of hospitals in the Baltimore area and at Johns Hopkins Hospital, one visitor is going to be allowed for support during the labor delivery and postpartum care. Once this visitor enters the hospital, they will not be allowed to leave the premise. If a visitor leaves, they will only be allowed to return for pickup and at time of discharge. This will assure that we have a safe environment and that we are limiting the amount of traffic in our hallways, traffic in and out of our rooms. And that will also be something that the staff will think about as well. For example, in my role, we round on our patients. We are doing that over the telephone or even via Zooms with the patient iPads in the room because we are trying to limit that traffic in and out of the room. One positive of this, and if you are a provider preparing your patient for this type of stay at the hospital, is to encourage the patient to use this quote-unquote visitor-free time to work with the nurses, work with lactation, and deepen your bond with your baby. This is a great time to perform um, extended skin-to-skin -skin with the baby, have extended time with lactation, and your nurse to really, really take time and, and use that time to learn and absorb all the information that you're receiving. Patients during their postpartum time do feel as though the majority of the information that they have is extremely overwhelming in amount because they are learning about themselves and their recovery and the care for their baby. So take this time to really, really bond with baby and to also absorb all of that information. One exception to the one visitor rule will be when you are a long-term antepartum patient. And we don't want to promise anything, but in all scenarios are not the same. But when you do have a long-term antepartum patient that will be staying there for upwards of weeks on end, we have made arrangements to allow the partner of that patient to, for example, go back and forth to work and come and stay on the weekends or to run home and get supplies and come back. So there are things like that, but again, those aren't things that we promise. And as a provider, I would not recommend promising anything or recommending that you ask for these exceptions. They are very few and far between. So what has changed in the delivery room? Well, number one, we just talked about that limited visitation. One thing that is interesting is that you may see your nurse running in and out of the room a lot. We are only stocking the necessary supplies in each room. Even though we do test all of our patients that are admitted, there are some things that happen. There are triage rooms that we use for our PUIs. And if somebody turns up positive in one of those rooms, we actually have to remove all of these supplies from those rooms. So you will be seeing rooms that are kind of stocked pretty bare and we'll be bringing a lot of things in and out as we need them. 
there are some rooms on our postpartum unit that have been blocked off that are our negative pressure rooms. We've taken an entire corner of our postpartum and antepartum unit to make that solid negative pressure in our bio mode unit. It's really nice because it's out of the way. It's a whole separate corner. It is closed off from any other visitors or any other patients. And our patients have gone out of our way to let us know that they have not even realized that anything has changed. You know, saying that we've done a good job as far as making them feel like they still are on a regular postpartum unit. Also, we have one of our ORs that is blocked off just for our COVID patients. So this should make the, both the providers and the patients feel much safer as they'll be able to see where our COVID patients are being held and seeing that that is a separation from the normal postpartum unit. You will also see staff wearing increased PPE. We are now wearing masks, even when we're at the desks or in our offices. We are wearing face shields when we are taking care of patients. That can be a kind of a shock to patients and even the providers, and it also can cause some barriers when being a provider that's working with increased PPE. We think of our time as nurses and providers uh, during labor and delivery is a very intimate time, and we do like to get close to our patients and be able to uh, touch them and talk to them and get close to them and give them advice and be kind of working with them face to face. But during these times, it can, these, the, especially the face shields can kind of cause a barrier with that. So please know as the patient that we are doing the best we can to keep you safe. And we're trying our best to still make that feel like a, a true intimate experience with you and your providers as you enjoy your childbirth. So what happens if you are a patient that is positive? So if you are a patient that is for a scheduled procedure and you have been deemed positive in the outpatient setting, we will work with you and your provider and um, the person that will be providing transportation with you to plan ahead for your care. So if you are found positive in the outpatient setting, for example, we will be meeting you at the front entrance instead of having you come up to us. You will be escorted by two staff members that are in the full PPE. One will be the provider or nurse that is responsible for your care, and the other will be what we call a transport safety officer. And that transport safety officer's job is to walk six feet in front of you, make sure that the hallway is clear, press any buttons, open any doors, make sure that the elevator is clear that you will be going up into our unit, um, and basically ensure that there is minimal risk of transmission during that transport time. If you are a positive patient that is coming in for your actual delivery, you will be placed on our bio mode unit. And if it is a cesarean section, that will happen in our bio mode OR. And you will stay in that bio mode unit for the remainder of your stay. Um, we are considering patients to be positive until 20 days after their initial test. So in the beginning, we were a lot stricter as far as babies being separated. Now we are allowing parents to have that choice. The only thing that will be hard is that you will not be able to have a partner in for delivery and you will not be able to have a partner in the operating room for you. Again, you will see your staff wear even more increased PPE. 
they will be wearing what's called a packer hood, which is kind of what we see on the news, those big hoods that have um, almost like a vacuum hose out of the back and it's sucking the air out of the hood and out a vet that is attached around their waist. That is kind of creating a negative pressure environment for that individual that's taking care of you. We've taken many measures to make sure that this is still a comfortable stay with you by providing lists of phone numbers, providing an iPad for you to communicate with, um, and making sure that we are checking on you frequently and that essentially you're almost one-to-one -one care during your delivery and maybe two-to-one care during your postpartum stay. So what should we pack? So usually we're just worried about mom and baby for packing, but I'm going to highly, highly suggest that you pack everything for mom, baby, and a support person. This way we are assuring that you're gonna have everything that you need so that that support person doesn't need to go home um, and therefore they would not be allowed to come back. So the same things that you would pack for mom, clothes, toiletries, snacks, and the car seat for baby, clothes to go home. And the one big thing that I put on here is something that people don't forget, the support person's medications. I think that's one of our number one requests for visitors exceptions is to go home to get medications because they didn't realize they were gonna be here that long. So please make sure that your support person has all the same things that you would pack for yourselves any sort of technology that they want to bring, any work that they need to bring. We do have Wi-Fi, so a, um, a partner can work out of the room if they needed to for the extended period of time. And please make sure that you bring the carrier portion of your car seat up to the room. That is also going to alleviate the need for the support person to leave during their stay. So this is one of the biggest things that we've been working at. Uh, my role at the hospital is as a patient care coordinator. And one of the biggest challenges has been making sure that we're setting up the patient for a successful discharge. So pre-COVID, we would make sure that somebody had, the, the mother and the father or the partners had somebody else that was going to be there just to help them as far as exhaustion and taking care of baby and household chores. But now it, we're adding that extra layer that we're really, really making sure that that environment is going to be safe and COVID-free. So some of the uh, tips that I like to give our patients is to advise them to have all the common postpartum supplies at home prior to the delivery. Over-the-counter medications such as uh, Motrin and Tylenol, diapers, wipes, the breast pump, breast pads, breast milk bags, clothes for the baby, and the pads for mom. Anything that you would think that any of those lists that you see online are really great for preparation. This is going to alleviate uh, the partner or the parent having to go out to the grocery store or to the drugstore within that very, very precious first few weeks that you are home. Also identify a family member who gets tested and is COVID negative and will quarantine in your home to help at home. Um, we really, really, really discourage from visitation of family members once you get home. You know, we always pre-COVID recommended not having that revolving door of family members in the first place, especially in those winter months. But really, really now we are trying really hard to make sure that patients are keeping anybody who could have a potential exposure out of the home. So we do recommend that you identify one family member who can be tested and promises to quarantine in that home. Have food prepared, frozen and set aside or set up home delivery for groceries um, or for food. And also, again, and this goes for anybody, even pre-COVID, please discuss the need for boundaries and feel free to say no to visitors. Again, this goes for any time, but especially now. 
if we have a patient that is positive and going home, these provisions are even more important. So we are obviously we're going to assume that the family member or the partner that was living in the home with the mother is COVID positive as well. So we are going to make sure that that family member is home and quarantining during the mother and the baby stay at the hospital. But again, you need to identify a family member that is COVID negative, that is willing to wear a mask and perform proper hand hygiene and uh, further than six feet away from the mother that is going to be able to help with baby. Thanks, Anna, and we'll move on to the Q&A segment. So our first question here is, will babies be able to board with the mother if they are COVID positive at the time of delivery? So in the beginning, we were separating the babies. They were in a COVID nursery. They were kept in incubators, and they too were kept six feet apart uh, within that nursery. Now we're working very hard to allow our mothers to have a choice. We do still have that nursery available as we do have some COVID mothers that are pretty sick at the time of delivery. However, we have found that many moms that are positive at the time of delivery have minimal symptoms or are asymptomatic. So we've been working very closely with lactation and with pediatrics, and we are allowing babies to board in the isolate six feet away from mom in the room, and they will come out to, to breastfeed with proper face covering and hand hygiene for mom. And again, that is gonna be your choice if you are positive at the time of your delivery. If you were to choose to have that baby stay in our COVID nursery, we do FaceTiming via iPads that are supplied by the hospital. We can set up Zoom meetings if the pediatrician is going to be in the room at that time, or if there's anything that we wanna talk about with the parents so they can be face-to-face -face on Zoom for those consultations. We are also setting up coolers within the room so that moms can pump their breast milk and have the breast milk separated and in the room next to the baby to be used for feedings when they're not there. So I, I guess I just answered the question in the last one, will patients be allowed to breastfeed if COVID was positive? So again, this is a new advancement. We have had zero transmission of COVID from mom to babies during the delivery time. So breastfeeding is, as we say, with any other disease, is very important because we want those antibodies for mom to cover baby as well. So yes, we are encouraging patients to breastfeed. Many moms, just because of fear, are choosing to pump and have the express breast milk fed to their babies. However, we are allowing moms to breastfeed if they use proper hand hygiene and they use masks and or, and or face shields when they are breastfeeding. So the criteria for COVID testing before an induction or C-section is everybody. If it has not been performed within the last three days, uh, it, meaning a negative one within the last three days, everybody will be tested when they come in. If they have had a positive test in the last 20 days, we are counting that as still positive. So those people would not be tested again. So it's basically going to be everyone. Thank you so much, Anna. As a reminder, to claim credit, please complete the evaluation at covid19.dkbmed.com and select today's activity. You'll receive your certificate immediately after. Any questions or issues, feel free to email us at the address listed. To submit questions, please send them to qa at dkbmed.com. That's Q as in question, A as in answer, at dkbmed.com. Don't forget to access our resource center at covid19.dkbmed.com. 
You'll find a range of information, including the latest COVID-19 data and statistics, medical society guidelines, and resources in Spanish. Again, thank you for joining us and thank you for your dedication to your patients with COVID-19. Anna, thank you again so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, this is very important information that we would love all of our patients to have before we come in. So we hope this gave information to the providers to help their patients and for patients to better prepare for their delivery.